Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. What's up, my friend? You are listening to the Chillpreneur Podcast, the number one place for rule-breaking entrepreneurs to learn how to build a standout personal brand and a kick-ass business without having to hustle their life away. Get ready to be inspired, have a laugh, meet some extraordinary guests, and of course, get your excitement high with some epic dancepreneur party vibes. Hello, my beautiful friend, and welcome officially back to the Chillpreneur podcast. Also, because I am the official welcoming community, welcome to 2022. I hope that it has been absolutely riveting for you so far. I am feeling good. I'm feeling excited. I'm feeling pumped. I am ready to just smash out this year. I've actually had a really slow start to the year, to be honest. I uh, went away and it was gorgeous. I went to Tasmania, which I'm sure many people around the world have no idea what that means, but it is this quaint little state in Australia that was just so relaxing. Honestly, I had such a good time. And because it is, you know, not a, a big bustling, hustling kind of city, it really allowed me to take a step back and reevaluate some of my perspectives on success and happiness and showing up online. And I'm so excited to kind of unpack a lot of that with you over the coming weeks, uh, not only here on the podcast, but on Instagram as well. But I don't want to make this introduction too long today because today's episode recording with my guest is quite a long one, a long one, a juicy one, and a good one. But I do have some prefaces that I would like to make before we jump into today's episode. Today's episode is actually inspired by something that I've been thinking about a lot, which is the coaching industry here on the internet. Now, I love the coaching industry. Don't get me wrong. I love coaching in general. You know, when I think of what a coach is, I don't go down this whole rabbit hole of it's multi-level marketing and, and all of this. Well, I didn't used to. I had some periods of self-doubt at the end of last year where I started to think, what's the point? You know, what's the point of this all? Coaches, coaching coaches. However, I was able to rein myself in and remind myself that the more people that are making money and becoming successful, the more that we can contribute to the economy and we can help causes that matter to us and help our communities and our families. And the more jobs that we can create, the more women starting online businesses, the more good mission-driven women, the more positive voices there are out there. So I was able to to rein it back in, but I think there is still issues within this industry. A lot of them, which I don't feel comfortable associating myself with necessarily, a lot of the practices in which a lot of business coaches are operating with 
I don't necessarily identify with that or believe in that. And that is really what today's episode is about. I don't want this episode to feel like we are calling anyone out specifically because Becca and I, who this episode is recorded with, we did sit down and we we kind of dissected some of the issues that we perceive there to be in the online business coaching specifically industry. But this is our opinion. At the end of the day, it is completely, completely our opinion. You know, we're not necessarily saying black and white, this is wrong and this is right, because there are some people who maybe operate in this way and are still giving people great experiences from their perspective. However, we did dissect some of the quote unquote issues that we perceive because we know that there are a lot of other people out there who are struggling because they've had experiences with coaches or mentors Uh, that fall into these kinds of categories of the things that we're going to go into today. And the reason for this episode is, again, it's not just to drag people through the mud. It is here so that you as a consumer can have a little bit more awareness about some of the things to look out for or to question when you are, you know, thinking about working with an online entrepreneur or a coach And also, if you are wanting to yourself become an online entrepreneur or a coach, some of the things that you can think about to make sure that your business is as ethical as it can possibly be. Again, it's not necessarily saying this is a black and white right or wrong situation. It's just as a matter of perspective, experience, and some of the things that we perceive there to be wrong. You may agree with us. You may not agree with us. I'd like to hear more from you. Maybe you listen to something that we've said today that feels like a coach that you've worked with and yet that was a great experience for you. I want to open this up as more of a discussion so we can start communicating around this topic and I think the more that we speak about it, the the better it's going to get rather than people just consistently over and over and over again having all of these negative experiences with online coaches and then this gray cloud forming over this entire industry because I do think that a lot of people can be helped from working with an online coach, whether it be a business coach, whether it be a health coach, whether it be a relationship coach, a life coach. I actually love coaching. I love the concept of coaching. I love accountability. I love support. I love collaboration. I love teamwork. And when in an, in, in its core raw nature, that is exactly what coaching is. I do just have a bit of an issue when it has turned from helping people to who can make the most money, but that's something that we can discuss at a later date. Um, but yeah, e- even myself, I've definitely opened my 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 uh, business up a little bit to focus more on consulting, to focus more on teaching and mentoring, because that is something that I'm really passionate about. I'm an extremely, extremely hands-on person when I work with my clients. I love to get in the thick of it with them, into their ClickUp, helping them with their projects, you know, not doing the work for them necessarily, but really really planning out the projects with them rather than just giving them the space to ask me questions. So again, it's not saying necessarily there's a right or wrong way to go about this. Um, Just wanting to have a discussion about coaching to, to kickstart the year. We're jumping straight in. All right. Before we get into this discussion, you know what time it is. We've got to shake the booty. We've got to have a little bit of a dancepreneur party because that's the way that you absorb information. You know, there's scientific studies to show that if you shake your booty for at least 30 seconds before obtaining information, you're more likely to recall that at a later stage. Obviously, I'm being sarcastic, but I still think that dancing is a very important part of everything life so let's dance let's dance and then let's jump into the episode
Welcome, 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 welcome to the Jopreneur Podcast. Hello, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know. I'm excited to have this conversation. I literally just teased it on Instagram and I didn't want to give away too many details, but Becca and I are going to have quite an insightful conversation today because just to give you a little bit of background about mine and Becca's relationship, we did just speak about this on her podcast, which she has recently launched. You definitely have to go check it out. I will leave all of the links in the description below. But just to give you the kind of like synopsis version of our relationship, Becca has actually been an integral part of my community this year. She actually joined my Influencer Vibes program as the numero uno. She was the first <laughs> Influencer Viber Uno. Um, and she actually really helped me develop the program and has since then come into my Hype Crew Creator Collective as well. And throughout this whole entire journey and through this whole entire process, Becca and I have had lots and lots of different conversations about content creation, about the online space, and specifically about the coaching industry as of late. And we realized through our journey together that we actually have a lot of similar and very strong opinions on some of the quote unquote, maybe unethical or unspoken about things that happen in the business industry. And so moving into this new year where a lot more people are going to want to build a brand and to start an online business, I really wanted to sit down with Becca today and just kind of talk through some of the maybe issues that we have discovered together and kind of debunk. Like, did anyone ever watch that show Mythbusters? Did you watch that show? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> My favorite episode is the one where they myth bust that like a car can't explode and they like literally hang a car from like a fork and drop it on the ground and like it doesn't explode it's really cool you should definitely youtube that episode Um, I don't think I've seen that one (laughs) it's a good one it's a good one but basically we want to do a little bit of like myth busting today on some of the some of the things that I mean, and again, let's let's talk about intention because I don't want this to come across as us just having a big old bitch session about the coaching space or the business industry. The reason we want to have this conversation is because these are some of the reasons why people don't start businesses or they hold themselves back or they have a negative experience and then that kind of like you know, they fall off the bandwagon with their own growth journey. And so what we're trying to do with this conversation is just prepare you. Try to think about an alternate perspective if you have some of these experiences or if you have some of these thoughts. And the best part about this conversation is Becca, being the beautifully organized babe that she is, has a list of things. It's called, what is it called? Becca's list of things that piss me off. (laughs) It, it called, it's called what bothers me <laughs> what bothers me all right so we are going to jump into becca's what bothers me list but just quickly before we do just you know to kind of set the tone becca do you just want to just let us know like who are you who are you in life yeah. no really what do you do in the online space because that'll give a little bit of context as to kind of like how you've come to the progression of build, even building out this list definitely i am an online business coach and i have worked for the past two years in this industry as a website designer, um, transitioning into business coaching uh, in the, the recent past. And I'm really passionate about this space. And I'm really passionate about women being able to pursue whatever it is that they want, of course, but in my case, it is normally starting an online business. Yeah. And I feel like we do a disservice to women who are interested in this 
with a lot of rhetoric that puts people off. And instead of doing that, maybe we should just celebrate people who want to try something new and, and want to take that leap. So that's what I'm all about is dispelling the rhetoric that doesn't need to be there in the first place. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay. Let's go through the list. And I also want to mention that Becca and I are creating a collaborative reel because we are in Mm -hmm. Hype Crew, one of my programs. And one of the things we're doing is experimenting with this reels collaboration thing. It's really funny. It's going to be hilarious. So also look out for that one as well. But let's I mean, jump into the list. I have stellar acting skills. Oh, honestly, like I'm going to, I deserve some kind of Golden Globe Award for what's to come. I haven't even recorded my part yet, but I know it's going to be so good that like, I think we need to not only give me an award, but we need to start an organization that gives awards for reels acting. Like that's definitely something we need to do in the new year. Okay, I'm down. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it in the future. <laughs> in the future. That's All right. What is what is top of the list for things that bother mm. you in the coaching industry? Top of the list is the idea that you need to go into debt to pay for a coach so that the universe will see that you're investing in yourself and guarantee you a 10x return on that investment. I'm cringing. I'm cringing even just hearing that. So I've got some opinions on this, but I'd love to hear yours first. Like, why do you think this is such an issue? Here's the thing. I feel like a lot of times when we see these ideas become really prevalent in this space, yeah, we have to recognize that it starts out as someone telling their story, right? Yeah. And it is not inherently harmful to tell your own story. It, it's your experience and that's was your path to how whatever yeah. you know your point you're at in your life. And that's fine. But when it becomes an issue is when it is your 100% of your messaging and your marketing to someone who is at a different point in their life, aka someone looking to start a business or someone who is desperately trying after three years of maybe not having success to figure out some path to some success. And the, the two things that are most harmful, I think is that you are told the only way to do this is to spend money that you don't have. Yeah. Which first of all, Never spend money you don't have. Never spend right? money like, ever on anything. Ever. <laughs> like that, that's just the, the bottom baseline. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be so common to tell people just go into debt for this and go into debt for that. Like it's that's not the vibe, if you yeah. want to say. And I know yeah. you love the word vibe. I'm using it in a different way here. Um, but the other thing is, and you can be woo-woo if you want to describe yourself in that way and you can trust in the universe and I certainly do but saying that just because you spend money you're guaranteed to get a 10x return is the other very very harmful piece of this messaging to me because anytime we guarantee a result and in this case guarantee a result based on nothing that that coach provides yeah it's it's really misleading and really harmful in general My biggest issue with this is it doesn't account for the infinite amount of variables that goes into somebody's personal success. It's a very singular focus of cause and effect. And that doesn't apply to this specific thing. Like 
a very singular example of something is if I move my hand and grab this thing, I will have picked up my phone like that. So people can't see what I'm actually doing, but like that, that mechanical uh, uh, process that's happened here is that I have moved my arm, I have grabbed something and therefore my phone has been elevated. That is a singular example of cause and effect. It doesn't account for variables unless a bird flew into my window and knocked my phone out of my hand. Again, a very outlandish thing that would happen. However, in many cases, whether it be in business, in health, in relationships, there is no singular cause and effect. There is variables that go into something happening. Even if you say like, I'm going to lift a, a, a weight every single day, my bicep is going to grow. Well, no, it's not necessarily like, what are you eating? How much muscle mass did you start with? What other things are you doing? How much are you recovering? There's so many variables that go into whether or not your bicep is going to grow. Like, do you have any, uh, I don't know, ish, issues that cause that? I don't, I don't know enough about health to actually go into the science behind this, but you know what I mean? The same in business, right? To say, if you invest $10,000, you are going to get a 10x return doesn't account for the extreme amount of variables that go into somebody's online success. The very basic ones, what's your content strategy? What products are you launching? But then there's even more psychological ones. Like there's other considerations that need to be made. And this is where coaches are so blindsided to this, like people's uh, ethnicities will go into like how easy it is for them to make money because there is an inherent bias online when it comes to particular things like how wh what's that person's particular niche what's their energy what's the way that they create what's their productivity style what's their lifestyle factors like none of these considerations are made in that statement of when you invest ten thousand dollars you are going to get you know a 10x return on your income it's like you said guaranteeing a result where the coach has no idea like the coach does not know the person that they're saying that to. Like they don't know their history. They don't know their background. They don't know their working style. They don't know their limitations. They don't know their traumas. They don't know their creative style. They don't know any of these things. They're making a prediction, like you said, based on their own experience. This is why myself as a coach, I'm very, very, um, very cautious of ever speaking in definitives. I never say to anyone like this specific thing is going to lead to this because I don't know. I don't know whether it is going to lead. I don't know if halfway through the journey, you turn around and be like, this is too traumatic for me. I need to quit. You know what I mean? So it's like never, ever, ever. When I think the thing that you can do as a consumer to be more conscious around this is really, really make sure that you are weary of people who speak in such definitives, specifically in the business space, because nobody knows. Nobody knows except for time. Time is the only thing that's going to tell whether something is going to work for someone, whether an investment is going to yield a return, whether an investment is going to be a good investment or a bad investment. Because again, another variable that goes into that is the relationship between the coach and client. Some coaches have great experience with some clients, and some just don't because people just like in normal relationships in life, sometimes just don't mesh personality clashes, you know what I mean? So for them to come out and say, you need to invest in yourself to get a return in, in their program specifically, I think is a very unethical thing. But also again, something that I talk about a lot is, is this true for everything? Because if it's not true for everything, then it is an experiential piece of advice versus a fact, right? A fact, a, a definitive fact needs to have no variables. So if it was a definitive fact, every single person that invests would yield a 10x return. But that's not the case. Lots of people get a 10x return without investing, like let's say $10,000. And a lot of people invest $10,000 and get no return. You know what I mean? So it's not a definitive statement. It's 
so down to a person's individual experience. 100%. And the, the piece of this too, is that it takes the responsibility off of everybody except for the universe. Yeah. The, the universe is not a body, but you know, yeah. what I'm I know, but the you entity know. is it's the universe's fault. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that allows this scenario of you don't have to take any action at all. And yeah. if you just give me $10,000 and wait, yeah, then you will reach whatever version of success I am selling. And yeah. Yeah. For me, I just think it's a really lazy way to go about things necessarily, because again, it takes the responsibility off, off of the coach and not, not, I'm not saying that necessarily should be responsibility on the coach in the first place, because it's, it's, it's a relationship. Like it's, the coach's responsibility to be ethical and to deliver, to, to deliver a product, to deliver a formula or whatever, or, you know, whatever coaching style. I mean, this, this goes into a whole different conversation, but it's also a responsibility of the client to take the action, right? It absolutely is. It's, it's, it's a kind of like 50, 50% relationship. But what you're saying is so true when it's like down to these kind of like ultra woo woo approaches to money and energetics and all of these things. And it's like, oh, we can blame it on the universe. But really what the coach is saying is we're blaming it on the person. We're blaming it on the client because Mm -hmm. the universe is going to deliver you the things. But what the coach can then say is you're not doing the things to get in alignment with the universe or in alignment with abundance or whatever. And so then 100% of the responsibility falls on the client, which can be very stressful and very, very traumatic for people because then what do you think that does to their self-confidence? What do you think that does to their self-belief when they have this experience where it's like, I put the money out there, but it didn't come back to me. Therefore it's my fault. You know what I mean? And that's the undertone of what happens here. I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not whatever, you know what I mean? Because it works for everyone else, but it didn't work for me. And so therefore I must be the problem. Oh, this one isn't even on my list, but you're so right. Like we've set up such a scenario where there's a certain element of blame that gets passed around. And instead of passing around blame, why aren't we creating an environment where we build each other up and create scenarios in which people can rise? Yeah. But this is my issue with definitive statements in general, because again, we spoke on your podcast. I gave the example of like reels that teach, you know, if you post 30 reels in 30 days, you're going to have X amount of growth. Like there's a lot of these like things that, Mm -hmm. you know, make sure your reels have transitions, make sure your reels do this, make sure it, whatever. There's just like, if you do this, you're going to get this specific result because all of my clients got these results. And yes, I know it's not a bad thing to talk about social proof and all of these different things. But if you're not 100% that that exact thing that you're teaching is going to work for every single person who tries it, then we can't speak so definitively about a particular strategy because then the people that come into that space and it doesn't work for take that responsibility on themselves and develop these limitations and limiting beliefs like something is wrong with them because what they think, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, is if it worked for everyone else, because it doesn't work for everyone else, but that's what we're led to believe. You know what I mean? Again, if we took a sample size, let's say the 30 reels in 30 days, right? If we took a sample size of every single person who did 30 reels in 30 days, I guarantee you, I'm not going to, again, speak in definitive here, but I guarantee you the portion of people that it didn't work for would far exceed the portion of people that it did work for. You know what I mean? The portion of people that it did work for would be the minority in that circumstance. But that's all we hear about. We hear about the people that it worked for. And so then the individual going through that experience All they hear about is the people that it worked for. And so they think that's the majority. It's working for everyone else, but it's not working for me. 
And then subconsciously what happens is they think it's my fault. And that can lead to so many greater issues like it's the way that I look, it's the way that I sound, it's people don't like me, I'm not interesting enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Rather than being like, this is a strategy that you can try, it absolutely has worked for some people and these are some of the incredible results that that have happened. It's not going to work for everyone. Maybe Reels isn't a part of your personality type or it's not the right thing, but I guarantee you there'll be something else out there that will work for you. You know what I mean? Just adding that kind of disclaimer onto these statements is such a better way to go about it versus saying like, this is the pathway to success for everyone. Right. And it, it, it takes away from the client's experience in terms of and we'll just, you know, stay on the example of 30 reels for 30 days for simplicity, yeah. but does that even resonate with them? Is that something yeah. that they want to do? Do they want their face on camera and all of those things? And it sets up coaches in some ways. And I have seen this happen to say, you didn't do exactly what I said. Yeah. And that is why you are successful. And my strategy still works. Yeah. And no matter, even if they did 29 reels in 30 yeah. days, and missed one, yeah. it gives the coach the out to say, mm, you missed one. So yeah. you didn't do exactly what I said. Yeah. And that is a, a whole other scenario of a whole other issue of where responsibility lies and what that relationship should look like. I want to, I, I would never do this because it would just be mean, but I've often thought I've had this idea where I've thought about like taking people's courses and doing exactly what they say and like seeing whether I get the result, but like doing it not from like my profile. Cause obviously that would be like, let's say there was like a reels course, right? I would like mm-hmm. start a profile, um, like do an experiment, start a profile, maybe get a different subject, like a different person. And then like do the experiment where they do like exactly every single thing that the course says and like documenting the experience of it and like seeing whether it actually works or not it wouldn't be to like this didn't work or it did work it'd be like this is what worked and this is what didn't I would never do that because it's it's it is me you know what I mean like I would never do that but, but I thought about doing it and I thought it'd be a really interesting experiment even if I just did it for myself you know what I mean if you did it you could only pick the people who promise a very very specific yeah. result yeah like, yeah absolutely absolutely yeah again I probably wouldn't know would, it would be interesting it'd be interesting it would be very interesting <laughs> all right what's well, another one from the list this is good Ooh, okay. The energy is not asking for the price. It's mm-hmm. wanting to be in my energy, no matter the cost. And if yeah. you don't like that, you're not my person. Yeah. Yeah. I have way too much of a pragmatic mindset for this to even comprehend. Like my brain does not compute this. Like how much does it cost? I need to know. Like I, I have X amount of money in my bank account. And I know my bills are this much and I have this much coming in. Like, just tell me how much it costs. I need to know whether I can afford it. Like this one blows my mind. I don't understand in this circumstance why it can't be both. Like why it can't be, can you tell me the price? But I also want to be in your energy. I also want to have an experience and I want to learn from you and all of these different things. Like why does it have to be one or the other? Why does it have to be either you love me so much that you want to be in the energy and you're willing to pay anything for it or I'm just going to give you the price. You know what I mean? Why can't it just be like, you want to have this experience with me. I want to be your coach. You want to be my client, all of these things. And this is how much it costs. You know what I mean? Because these are the prices that I've chosen to set. Like, I don't know, this one, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't. <laughs> 
Well, in this scenario, I feel like obviously at some point they're going to have to present the price, but normally yeah. it comes in, in the form of, okay, here's the, the checkout page, yeah. not even a yeah. sales page at this yeah. point anymore. It's, yeah. it's a checkout page. Yeah. Um, the thing that boggles my mind with this scenario is we, we have such a culture in this industry of money mindset. Yeah. And helping people be at peace with their money, feel comfortable with their money. And then we set up these scenarios that to me feel like the exact opposite. Like yeah. I don't trust you enough to know what you should be doing with your money to tell you up front, clearly, this is the price of this thing that you're looking to buy. Yeah. And yeah. that, that just feels, it feels so icky to me to, to not trust someone to make that choice for themselves. And here's the thing, it wastes everybody's time. Like it really, really does. Like I, people often ask me in my programs, like what should I put my prices on the sales page? And I'm like a thousand percent, like always put the prices. The only time I wouldn't put a price on a sales page is like a program that I've launched in a day and don't have a sales page for. Then maybe I'll have a checkout page. But people often ask me like, what's the details? Here it is, let's have a conversation. This is how much it costs. You know what I mean? That's my Mm -hmm. process. Why? Because what's the point? in having a conversation with someone, not like, what's the point, you're not worth my time. But if someone's not in a financial position yet to afford that particular thing, why have a conversation with them? Why make them feel bad about the fact that they're not in a financial position? Like there's plenty of things that I am not in a financial position to afford right now or to invest in right now. And it's just not even within my realm of experience. But when you get someone excited for something, when you have these conversations, when you psychologically connect with them and you pitch them these goals and dreams, and then it comes to the time of them learning that it's just not the right time financially, exactly like you said, that is so much more detrimental to their money mindset versus right in the beginning, right, this is not for me right now, maybe in the future, great, walk away. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just why it happens is because there's this mindset or theory that a lot of people have that people can afford more than they say they can afford. You know what I mean? That like go, and again, it goes back to what we said before, like maybe they can get a credit card or maybe they can ask their parents or a partner or a friend, or they can borrow the money like coaches and a lot of the online entrepreneurship uh, stuff that I learned in the beginning was like, who gives a fuck where the money comes from as long as it comes, you know what I mean? Like who, who, I don't care what happens to that person, whether they borrow it off their parents and then they end up having a detrimental relationship with their parents because they borrowed money that they then now can't pay back. Like, I don't care if it's a credit card that they go into debt for, like the coach doesn't need to care about as long as the money comes, you know what I mean? Like that was very much what it was like when I started learning stuff, you know, in the beginning for me, it was like that whole on the sales call, make sure you get their details and make them pay on the sales call and all this stuff. Like Mm -hmm. to me, that feels extremely, extremely unethical because what you're actually doing in that circumstance is you're putting someone in a heightened state of excitement and possibility. And therefore their rational brain is way, way less considerate of what happens after you know so maybe they do think to themselves, oh yeah, but I could move money here and here and here and here and here. But then they're not making those considerations of like, all right, how do I eat next month? Or, you know, I've also got the car payment or something. And so that concept of like getting them really excited and making them pay there versus being able to take a step back and say, can I actually afford this? And what's it going to look like in the coming weeks, coming months for, for my lifestyle and for my relationships and all of these things? Like it makes no consideration as long as, as long as I get paid, you know what I mean? And that's the part that's 
always rubbed me the wrong way. Like I, I would never get someone to pay on the phone. And I'm always giving people the price up front before we even get on the phone or even have a conversation, figure it out first. And then we can talk about whether it's going to be a right fit. Right. And if you're assuming, which hopefully most coaches would approach a relationship in this way, if you're assuming that this should be a relationship of equals moving forward, then why put someone at such an incredible disadvantage to be making a decision that, and a lot of times is a huge financial decision yeah. Yeah. with prices in our industry. Um, you know, why are you putting them in the, that position to have to make that decision when I hate to say under duress, but like when they're almost under duress. Yeah, and, yeah they are. Yeah. And so. it's, it's, I've seen a lot of people have then buyer's remorse because they've purchased and obviously ego then comes into this, you know, a lot of the times maybe they felt embarrassed to say no, or they felt embarrassed to say they couldn't afford it on the phone. And they're being pressured into a situation where, you know, they, they, yeah, it, it really comes down to them being too embarrassed to say like, I just can't afford this right now. And so then they've put themselves in a stressful situation. And then to me, it's like, what kind of relationship is that going to, what imagine there's like a 12 week coaching program and the person on week one is like, I hate you like you've literally pressured me into this, like that's yeah. not good for anyone. So I just don't see the point. Um, I guess where it comes from again on the like coaching side of things, because I thought about this the other day, someone messaged me, uh, I'm not doing one-on-one coaching next year, but I have one particular client who's got a really, really exciting project. And I was like, yeah, I'll make it like an exception for you, you know, because it's very in alignment with what I'm doing in my business. So it's like, if this would be really cool, we're kind of like building it together, right? Um, and she was like, just talking about, I, th- I think it's that she like doesn't have a card or something like she, she, you know, whatever has a uh, new card that she's ordered or something like that. And she said, and I was like, it's fine. Like, just pay me whenever, you know what I mean? If it's next month, it's mm-hmm. next month, whatever. Um, and she was like, I can't believe how lenient you are. Like, I can't believe how, uh, you know, um, flexible you are, you know, your situations in the past, it's always been like, oh, put a deposit down or something like this. I'm like, I don't know. I have this mentality of like, I'm going to get paid eventually. And if I don't, it's fine. Someone else is going to pay, you know what I mean? It's, it's so fine. But I think where it does come from, I can see it from the perspective of like the coach, it's very much about like, you have to pay me now. I need to get as much money as I can now. So then I can project these results onto the internet and say that I had X amount of money this month and all of these things. And then that obviously leads to more wealth and more and more and more. It's just this overconsumption of, of wealth that is in the coaching space. And like the, the kind of like, I'm successful because I've achieved like all of these particular things. Like, I don't know, a, a lot, this goes into a deeper conversation that maybe we need to have a part two around. But I often think about this. I'm like, why is so much of this space emphasizing the what happens before the sale? You know, there's so much of the like sales, launching, all of these things. Like, I hear so few people talking about creating an excellent customer experience, like how to actually help a customer that's struggling, how to actually get a customer result. It's all about how to have a 10K month, how to have a $100,000 launch, how to do this, how to do that, how to take, 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 take. Like why isn't there more coaches out there that are teaching people how to give? Because the giving, the, the, the receiving will happen when you give, you know what I mean? You've just got to have that trust. But it's all about so much of the pressure is that, apparently you're not successful unless you're at a particular financial result. So then a lot of people have this stress around achieving these particular financial results in order to look successful. But what happens then is if that's your number one focus, your business is collapsing. And this is why so many people come into the space and they can't sustain it for five, 10, 15 years is because 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can have the best marketing in the world, but if your product's shit, like people aren't coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how I feel about measures of success. Yes. So I'm so glad <laughs> that you brought this up, but that that's something that I am super passionate about is really understanding what success looks like to you as an individual. And you're right. We see so many people projecting, you know, oh, I had a, a $250,000 quarter. I have a million dollar business. And the thing that, that we forget is at a certain point, it's helpful maybe, and it's aspirational to talk about money. And maybe that's something that people come to you for and that's okay. Yeah. But at a certain point or the way in which you choose to speak about it, it can do more harm than good. Yeah, absolutely. You forget about the why almost the why people came to you from the beginning, you know, when you were building up to that point of this massive amount of sales in your business. And a lot of times it's not because you said, oh, in a year, I'm going to have a million dollar business, right? It's because you taught them how to build a sustainable business, or you taught them what it looked like to build an audience online or whatever they came to you for. And eventually it doesn't become about all of those things. It becomes about, look how much money I made. Don't you trust me because I made that much money. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things here that people can do so that they are stopping themselves from getting caught up in this rat race of like financial milestones is literally sit down and work out how little money you actually need to live an incredible life incredible life. There's a book called F.U. Money by Dan Locke. I don't necessarily believe in like all of Dan. He's very much about like the wealth and rich and high ticket closing and all of this stuff. But anyway, I read his book and like the one thing from the book that I took away that was really powerful is like everyone thinks they need a million dollars. Very few people actually do. And so if you actually sit down and think about all of the things that you would want or that you would like your next level life, even you would want to achieve, I guarantee you it's way less money than you actually think it is. And so then ask yourself why, you know what I mean? Like, why do I need to achieve? Because that's the same thing for me. And I will say like, it's still a goal that I want to achieve just because I want to prove to myself that I can. But for such a long time, it was like, I need to have a million dollar business. And I want to have a conversation about even that statement in and of itself, because that is where a lot of people get caught up. But to me, a million dollar business is a million dollars in revenue within a period of 12 months. Your business has achieved a million dollars in revenue within 12 months, right? At, I would say, a really healthy profit margin as well. You know what I mean? You can't be spending $950,000 on ads and then making a million dollars. You know what I mean? Healthy profit margin anywhere between what 30 to 60% or something like that. Um, but I for so long felt like a failure because I hadn't achieved that because I've been in business for now, what is a very short amount of time in reality, but you know, in the business space, seemingly the time that I should have achieved this by now, but you know, I started my business in 2017. And so for such a long time, I was like, I need to have a million dollar business. I need to have a million dollar business. Like I'm a failure, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then it's like, I have more money than I know how to spend. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't want that to be like a statement of like, look at me, but I'm literally just saying like, at, at even half a million dollars or 650,000 in a year, like I have more money sitting in the bank than I can even do anything with because I can't take it out of my business. You know what I mean? So it's mm-hmm. like a lot of the times we're just so caught up in a gain. It's like the six figure, the seven figure, the eight figure, that all of these kinds of things. Do it for yourself. Sit down, figure out what your dream life looks like 
how much it costs, and then work towards that. And who gives a fuck how it sounds to everybody else? You know what I mean? Like that is so much more motivating in the long run, so much more sustainable, because then you can concentrate on the things that matter, like providing a really good service, creating really good content, helping people, starting a movement, achieving something bigger than yourself, creating a legacy, whatever it looks like, you know what I mean? Pursuing, challenging yourself, pursuing bigger goals. Because if your number one focus is on, I've got to get to these particular money minds, milestones, I guarantee it will consume a lot of your mindset. But again, back to the million dollar thing, just be really weary when people do talk about financial things as well. Because I've had a shit ton of people say that they've made a million dollars in their online business. Um, and the way that they say it, it sounds like, oh, you have a million dollar business. You know what they mean is they've made a million dollars since they started their business. And that could have been six years ago. You know what I mean? So just, mm-hmm. and also then a lot of people talk about the difference between cash and sales, like sales and cash are two very different things. I only track cash. I don't know how to track sales. Too confusing for me. Um, but like a lot of people may have made sales, but payment plans default, you know, things happen. People ask for refunds. Like, yeah, you may have made sales, but do you actually get that money in the bank? No. You know, so just be, take everything with a grain of salt is what I say about financial things anyway. Absolutely. Can I do a little shameless plug? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, when, when we're talking about figuring out what works for you financially and what your financial goals are, I actually have a free resource called success redefined, yes. and it takes you through creating financial goals and non-financial goals and really helps you shape what you need and what you want, which are two different things. Um, but then also outside of that financial number, uh, you know, non-financial elements to create that vision of your life. So that's, that was my shameless plug, but it's a really great resource. Sexy in notion. I love it. I honestly just jump into it. It's so cool. It's so cool. We'll leave that linked below as well. All right, let's do one more. We probably have time for one more little listicle item. So choose wisely. (laughs) Oh gosh. Um, okay. This one, I feel like we might get a little bit of flack for, but we're going to go there anyway. I love it. Uh, a course passive income will save your business that I just, I can't get around. (laughs) I think that a lot of times people go into service-based businesses and if they, for whatever reason, maybe they're struggling for service-based sales, or they come across somebody saying, oh my gosh, I made, I'm I'm just going to keep saying a million dollars. I made a million dollars in my course launch and look how great this is. And I didn't have to do anything because it's already made and it's all passive. So you should make a course too. But when you talk about the transparency that goes into what it takes to create a course, launch a course, and then continue to profit off of said course, the profit margin is vastly different than a service-based business. Because what happens over time is you need a bigger audience to continue to sell. So essentially you're running ads to get people into that course. So I feel like it's sold as this be all end all, this will save your business and you can sit on the beach and drink Mai Tais and that's it. That's all you have to do. And that isn't the case when you look at the reality. Yeah. And two things I want to break down with this one in particular is that this is a strategy that I actually was so bewildered by in the beginning because I haven't heard it necessarily said in that way, but like in a program that I took, it was very much, yeah, like build a program one singular program, have that one track program thing and just sell it. And I was like, there has to be a missing piece here. 
sell it to who? Sell it to who? Like, that's the thing. It was like, just make the course and just sell it. And then, yeah, okay, there is this whole thing around Facebook ads. Do you know how complicated Facebook ads are? Everyone's like, just put a Facebook ad out there. You know you have to have the most perfectly validated system, organically validated system for for Facebook ads to work. And what I mean by that is you have to have an excellent freebie, extremely, extremely precise copy and image, like the, the variables between those things, they like, it needs to work extremely well first of all, organically, and then you can start pumping money into it. You know what I mean? Everyone's just like create a course and just pump ads to it. Like it's a dream strategy, isn't it? It's a dream thing. Just make a course, put some ads into it, go sit on the beach, right? That's how it's sold. But like what goes into that is so confusing. The thing is, again, yeah, make a course. Courses are great, but sell them. Like just go out there and sell them is literally the part that everyone thinks because I've had people come to me and literally be like, oh yeah, like I'm just going to make a course. They've got like seven people on their Instagram. They're like, why isn't my course selling? Because who are you selling it to? Like, I I don't understand. I don't understand. It's like, you can have a cafe. Like you, you said on your podcast, like maybe you want to start a cafe. If nobody's coming into that cafe, nobody's buying coffee. Like that's just mm-hmm. it. The other thing is as well, I love courses and I have courses. Granted, I run a lot of them live because of this exact reason. Do you know what the completion rate for online learning is? I would imagine very low. 10%. 10% of people who take, and this also includes the online education industry for universities as well. So that's that's pulled into this data. Um, But 10% of people finish the things that they start in an online learning environment in a self regulated online learning environment where there's no accountability, no support, no anything like that. Now, I don't always think this is necessarily a bad thing, specifically when your course is really well structured. Like if you, I've taken courses where I haven't completed, but I've got what I needed from them. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. therefore they were still beneficial. But in saying that, like, it's just to me, if that's like the number one strategy that everybody's pitching to be this perfect thing. And there's no conversation about support, about personal adjustments it creates this almost very transactional robotic tip tip of garbage it's like just pump the world with information that people are generally not doing much with and then that's creating this again like called like coaches coaching coaches pyramid fucking course taking course and t- course that teaches you how to make a course that teaches someone else how to make a course i'm like what to me i get very philosophical about this because then this makes me not want to do this business I'll, I'll be honest i've never said this to anyone before in a public forum like this but sometimes i get caught in my head around this and it makes me not want to do it because i get to this point where it's like what's the point you know what i mean and i have to really step back and be like the point is all of those things that i discussed on your podcast like I want to support women to start a platform because when positive people have a positive platform, the influence can create change. For me, that's my my mission, my goal and everything. But sometimes when I get caught in this, I'm going to give you information so that you can take this information and share this information to create information to create. It's like, what's the point of that? What's the end goal of all of this? You know what I mean? So yeah, sometimes with this whole like course thing, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but just this concept of like, just create a course teaching people how to create a course or teaching people how to do something and go sit on the beach. Like that ain't, that ain't for me. (laughs) You know, I'm so glad that you just said that because I have had kind of similar thoughts of there's so much that needs to be done differently in this space. Mm -hmm. And 
it it's made me think, do I even want to be a business coach? But I, I realized like we have to, you people like us have to be in this space because yeah. that's how the space changes. Yeah. And so if the, the answer is not the cyclical nature of pumping out information to have no one listen, to pump out more information, to have no one listen. Well, what is the answer and, and how do we create a space that yeah. has a point and is more welcoming and where people don't feel in some cases, like with all on my end, like shame and judgment about entering the space because it has such a bad rep. And there are so many like memes about it, (laughs) if you want to go that route. But then I realized that there's so much hope for change. And there's so many ways that like the new generation of business owners can come into this space and really shape it to create something that is more meaningful and better than what it is now what it is now and I think the thing for me as well is I don't know if you've seen the Netflix series the coach's handbook um I I try watch it it's really good it's about sports coaches I actually think about sport a lot and I know that seems really weird but I in my mind on a daily basis try to re-redefine what coaching is I think this space has redefined what coaching is and coaching has become this like dirty word of just like manipulation and money and, you know, like you said, cyclical information just being passed down for absolutely no purpose. But then I think about what coaching actually is, you know what I mean? And I think about people like Serena Williams and all the coaches she would have had that would have shaped her career or, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the relationship coaches that have helped people's, you know, possibly breaking down marriages, reconnect and it, coaching. I even think about my own coach, my, my, my Muay Thai coach spring. Like I think about her and how much of an impact that she's had on my life. She's teaching me Muay Thai. Yeah. But like Muay Thai has been so incredibly profound for my mental health and all of these different things. And so I try as much as I possibly can to step outside of the business coaching bubble and recognize that coaching in and of itself is actually a really beautiful thing like coaching when it's done right when it offers teachings accountability support someone believing you when you maybe don't believe in yourself you know what I mean when you have moments of weakness you know I I even I I watch spring as I'm getting tired on a pad round and she's like you've got it you've got it like those little tiny things like that's coaching to me and just helping people to achieve whatever their goal is by offering all of these individual things is the beautiful side of this. And that's why I think this thing can keep flourishing and growing if that's our focus. And again, it goes outside of the conversation of having these successful launches and making all of this money. Why can't coaching just be about helping people achieve their goals? And that focuses more on what happens after the sale versus necessarily, like we've said today, what happens before. Absolutely. I don't, I, I don't think I could have said it better myself. I think we can just we can we can, we can quit and we can go to the beach and drink Muay Thais. My Muay Thais, Muay Thais. Muay Thais? I don't even know what a Muay Thai is. I feel like it's coconut, maybe. Mm-hmm. That sounds delicious. Mojito. Maybe we go with mojitos instead. Nice. Oh, I do like mojitos. I am a margarita absolute whore. That's all I go for usually mm. when it comes to a more tropical drink. But anyway. 
I always end this podcast talking about some kind of being hungry, being <laughs> being thirsty or something like that. So this is probably a really good place to end it on. But what's going on with you? So what's going on in the new year? Obviously, you talked a little bit about what you do and your amazing resource that you do have. But what can people expect for you from you in the new year? Yeah, in the new year, I am launching my coaching program called Workflow. I'm Amen. so excited about it. And I feel like it's it's encompassing everything that we just talked about. It's really the process of helping people define their own version of success and then taking the steps to achieve it. It's going to be super individualized and making sure that, you know, we have that one-on-one time to, you know, achieve whatever it is that person wants to achieve. So, um, not there, there are no messages of 10 K months and there are no messages of, you know, any sort of predetermined type of success. If that's your goal, that's wonderful. And I'm just super excited to work with new clients on that. And also Becca is like a systems and productivity master, probably why we get along so much because hashtag productivity porn. So she's going to help you simplify it because really making it simple always comes down to just being productive AF. Yeah. My only goal in life is to work fewer hours than I plan to work. So same, same. (laughs) Do we just become (laughs) best friends? I I feel like we've had that in common for a while. (laughs) I just want to literally go ride my bus. That's all I want to do. (laughs) All right, my love. Thank you so much. I so appreciate this. So like I said, we did record an episode on Becca's podcast as well. So definitely go check that out. But I will leave her Instagram, her resource, and any other links that you need to connect with her. Go say hi. And also check out our reel on Instagram because it's a little sassy. Oh my gosh, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Becca. Thank you. Okay, so obviously that was a long, long long-ass episode, so I'm not going to talk for much longer. Other than to say, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? I would really, really love for you to reach out to me on Instagram and share some of your thoughts with me. I love discussing these things, and I'm only here to learn. Like, I'm here to learn through experience. I'm here to share through experience, and it is a new industry, and there are no rules. There are no regulations, and so we are kind of all trying to do our best and some more than others are just trying to really really help people to achieve amazing things in their life and so I'd love to hear your experiences if you've had a great coaching experience a negative coaching experience I would love to hear from you because I love you all right that's it for me I really hope you enjoyed today's episode time to dance a little bit more and then I'll see you in the next one all right bye my friend Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.